Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is... Shannon Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and I'm currently reading Full Moon in the Dresden File series. Uh, rereading, I should say. Sorry, I've read them all before. I'm rereading them. Very, very appropriate for our current uh, current podcast today. For the cast? Is, is Full Moon number two? I'm Jay, and I'm currently reading book nine, rereading, um, but A White Knight. But yeah, it, uh, I'm, I'm, I hit a little bit of a s- slow point as I started, uh, playing more <laughs> games for this podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> like a slow felt... point in reading? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Uh, and I'm Josh, and my only connection to Trevor's, uh, activity is that I just finished a book by an author named Moon. <laughs> Elizabeth Moon, The Speed of Dark, which I hope that we're going to talk about in a future episode, I am conflicted. Uh, we will be talking about it in a future episode, so if people want to read it in preparation, you should do so. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited to have the discussion with, with Josh and Trevor. Uh, and just to clarify, Josh, uh, you feel conflicted, but it was still something that you were glad that you read? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Um. What are some other things she's written? The name sounds familiar, but... The Deed of Paxonarian. Okay. Anything else that I might know? I haven't read that either. I know you've recommended it to me, and I think I actually tried to start it once, and I don't remember why, um, but it didn't ever catch on, and I didn't continue it. Um, But I don't think it was the book's fault. It was probably something in my life. That's possible. It's also... So, the first book of um, The Deed of Paxonarian, there's... There's kind of a, a genre of of books that I've decided that that I personally like quite a bit, even though it's kind of inexplicable that I do. Although evidently <laughs> some people do as well. Um, but yeah, that's 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 a. I'm sure there are many people listening to this who have um, also well, many out of the dozen who actually listen um, who have read that. So I mean, you're not that abnormal. Well, yeah, the, but the the. The, so the the one I'm talking about for like Dita Paxonarian um, is like there's I'm gonna call the genre uh, having fun with mundane tasks <laughs> 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 or or administration or like so for example two good examples are <laughs> on Basilisk Station is basically. I, I... Damn it, that was the book I immediately thought of when you said having fun with I hated that book so badly. God, that was the worst epic book ever. I don't remember Dean and Paxonarion being that way. Is it that uh, way? Well, it's so 
that's why I said more mundane because the the first book is her being it's it's basically a life of being a common mercenary soldier, and so like there's a lot of okay we're gonna we we marched over here and then we marched over there and then we set up the latrines and you know etc. Uh, and and I enjoyed it a lot, but it it is very much um and and then it, it gets less mundane as the trilogy continues. Um, but that's kind of book one. The other one that, that it makes me think of, which Trevor hasn't read, uh, and never will, but that Josh and I love is the Goblin Emperor. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Basically having fun with elvish politics. <laughs> <laughs> There's something wrong with you two. I mean, is, is, is that not kind of a appropriate description, Josh? Uh, yeah, I just, I never put a name to the genre, so now I know how much I love it. That's fine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but the Goblin Emperor is probably the greatest achievement in that genre. Of that genre. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, I won't say that I won't read it. But I can tell you right now that it does not sound enticing to me. <laughs> Look, I this. podcasters, not salesmen, and there's a reason why. Clearly, yeah, I, I did clearly preface this by saying that it's kind of a strange subgenre that I like. So, <laughs> well, okay. So, of the ones you've mentioned, clearly the only one I've read is on Basilix Station, and clearly I hated it. And I read it, and I'm like. This sounds like, I mean, I feel like I'm reading like the day-to-day life of someone in the Navy. And I'm pretty sure it was intended to be that way. Why yeah, would is. I want to, why would I want to read this? This sounds horrible. Do you know what this I makes really... me think of, Jay? I feel like this book genre that, which title you've just invented is basically Animal Crossing, the <laughs> literary genre. Because I don't understand that game. Like I, I don't either. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed one of the versions. I'm not playing the current version, but. It is making a lot of people in the world very happy, and it is basically a chore simulator. See, yeah. uh, that is, I, I'm not quite as much into those as my family, but my family loves those. Like they're playing Terraria right now, and uh-huh. my wife, my wife builds the most strange structures in that game. And yeah, it's like it feels like you know the whole purpose is to go out and dig a hole and fill it in. And at the end of the day, I'm like. Okay, I'm glad you enjoy this, but it's probably not for me. Okay, so a few quick things uh, for Discount Games Inc. The um, we should have hopefully by the time you're listening to this, things fixed with the website to where uh, Warcaster Neo Mechanica, uh, the Kickstarter edition and the normal edition are live for pre-sale. The Kickstarter stuff comes out a little bit earlier, um, but uh, but it doesn't have a rebate. Um, but I'm super exciting to, uh, get, get that game line going. Um, so, so how much do you think the, um, current, sorry, this is a little off topic and I apologize, but, um, how much do you feel like the current, um, state of gaming has upon the sales of that game? Like, is the, is the game going to suffer? I, I mean, it is suffering, but is it going to suffer to the point of uh, potential problems because of, I mean, I'm going to have to have, right now, I would be making as much of an educated guess as you are because I don't have any sales data. Um, I mean, that's what I'm asking you to do. 
Okay. Yeah, we're here for the rampant speculation. I, I'm here for hot takes on the future of the game. So I guess it's a. I will say that I felt like cells of established games have been fine, okay. whether whether okay. that's Riot Quest or War Machine or Games Workshop. Um, I, we haven't really had a new game launch that I can think of like this during the pandemic, so I don't know. I'm okay. I'm I'm hopeful that it will follow the trend of the other games. Well, just the part where you say that you don't feel like other game sales have suffered yet um, from what's going on, uh, that's clearly promising for the gaming industry. Yes, but I also like also like I'm just one small aspect of the gaming industry. Like the broad base that is game stores is you know another. Yeah, sure. I'm sure they're suffering, but I don't yeah. think it's because of lack of interest in the games they're carrying. Yeah. Um, so, Josh, can you go ahead and uh, maybe talk a little bit about our Kickstarter levels and some of the benefits? And I, I feel like your Shillmaster Supreme muscles have maybe atrophied a little bit, and you need to start working those out again. You mean Patreon, not Kickstarter. Yeah, Patreon. Oh, yeah. Listen... There are three, count them, three membership levels, three ways to interface, to participate in the Chain Attack Grading Geekery greater overall culture. Number one is, of course, to become a Teacher's Pet member of the Patreon, which is $4.99 per month, and gets you access to the premium podcast and early access to the bonus episodes. The next category is the Stay After Class Brigade, which is my current favorite category because I find brigade members totally awesome to talk to on our brigade-only Discord chat stream. Come see magnificent pictures of Jay's cat and hear about questionable purchase decisions by Josh constantly. (laughs) Of course, our final membership level is really legendary more than anything but you could become one of the Game Night Triumvirate for $200 per month and have at least one of the Chain Attack podcast members come for a Game Night at your house sometime when that, you know, becomes possible again. Uh, now, I should point out, I'm sorry I forgot one of the extra benefits at the Stay After Class Brigade level. Brigade members once a month uh, will receive, one member of the Brigade will receive a drawing from or we'll, geez, we'll receive a prize randomly selected. It will be one of the games, books, or movies that we, the Chain Attack podcast crew, have been enjoying. And so, I mean, let's see. How does this time travel thing work, Trevor? Um, this episode uh, will release to people who back us on Patreon one week early, which is basically today, uh, the 28th of May. Uh, for those that do not back us on Patreon, they will receive this episode the 4th of June. So it's too late for you if you're not a Patreon backer. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> that's not necessarily true. Except for June. <laughs> All right. It's too late for you to enjoy the May Prize, which we'll be uh, drawing and giving away in the next uh, few days from this recording, not from your listening. Yeah, I'm going to need to work out the show muscles a lot more, Jay, I can tell. <laughs> I, I will say that one of the things I have enjoyed quite a bit about all of this is is chatting with people on the Patreon um, exclusive uh, Discord chat. Discord, Discord chat. chat, yeah. So, which um, is is kind of funny because I think you were a little bit leery or apprehensive of that when it was one of the things we were proposing. Agreed. The record will so reflect. 
Uh, that's not what I was apprehensive about, but that's fine. <laughs> that's okay. We uh, won't go to a psychoanalysis of me at this moment. We'll save okay. that for later. Safe, safe. All right, so let's, I guess, move into the main topic of this episode, and uh, that's going to be, we're, we're going to talk about book one of the Dresden Files, uh, Stormfront. So, this is just kind of a funny aside, but, like, how much do you think Jim Butcher kicks himself now that that's the name of his first book in the series. <laughs> Why? Why? I mean, because it's, it like, the most prominent white supremacist website <laughs> has that name as well. Oh, I forgot about that. Right, come on, he had no control over the future when he <laughs> picked this name. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest, I didn't even know that. So oh, Okay, well, good. <laughs> um, I, I mean... It clearly fits the theme of the book. I'm not going to yeah. address um, what other people have done with that. So, yeah, I, I don't think he regrets it. And I don't think most people read it and go, oh, this is a book about white supremacy. <laughs> Although maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being naive. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, cl- clearly if it was a solo book, it would have more problems. But the fact that it's one of many so i guess i don't know we didn't discuss this before we started recording but should we basically say hey this is going to be filled with spoilers and if you've not read the book and you want to before you hear these spoilers or should we try to avoid um deep spoilers listen (laughs) this book i i don't know i i guess i could go either way but this is like a 20 year old book or something at this point right so the uh statute of limitations is passed got it yeah (laughs) So if you if you do not want spoilers, you should probably uh, stop the episode. Now. I, although realistically, we probably won't get to spoilers until fairly late in the podcast. But yeah, we can give a warning, another warning, I guess. Sure. So Stormfront is the first book in the Dresden Files series. It was written by Jim Butcher. It was written at least partially during, I believe, a um, writing class where he was encouraged to expand his horizons. He was originally writing mostly fantasy. Um, and wanted to be a fantasy author. And when he wrote this, it turned out quite well. And so he has become an urban fantasy author rather than the uh, completely epic fantasy author that he wanted to become, I guess. Well, but, he, uh, I clearly, mean, he does have a pretty awesome a fantasy success. series, too. I've never read those, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm, the, uh, so there's a lot series? of... Calderon... Uh, no, the, the Codex Alera, I believe it's called. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of... Um, Apocryphal, I guess two apocryphal comments <laughs> that uh, I'll make on this topic. One is that I'm pretty sure he said that, like, so you, Trevor, you said that he's, he's like not the epic fantasy writer you want to be. I'm pretty sure he said that he still wants to do an epic fantasy series at some point, but that he's, he's, even at like this point, he feels like his skill level isn't where he wants it to be at before uh, creating that series. Good gravy. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just going to say that at some point you become typecast, and I think the same thing happens in an author. And, you know, he, whether or not he puts together a successful run of fantasy books, I think he's always going to be known as the Dresden Files author. So I, I, I think that he eventually he'll, you know, maybe he will be the, just the author, Jim Butcher, the author, but that hasn't happened yet. I will say that. And, and this isn't his his high fantasy series. It's, it feels a little bit more steampunkish, but I, I did enjoy the, the Aeronauts Windless quite a bit, uh, the first book in his other new series. 
Um, the other apocryphal thing I had I'd kind of read was that, and no idea if this is accurate or not, but uh, kind of what you had said, he had been challenged to do this urban fantasy thing, and he was like, oh, this is uh, something along the lines of, you know, it's, it's just really formulaic, and you, know, you can just kind of follow the same pattern. Um, and another thing that I had read with it was that, like, on the first two books, he had kind of um, written those during this challenge thing and didn't really have editors on it. And then book three, that changed. And and I don't. So Trevor, you're. I'm gonna be, I guess, curious after you read book two and book three. But I've always felt like there was a big upgrade in his writing style in the jump from book two to book three. Um, I don't know if that's associated to an editor or what, but or just him well, improving I, his writing skill. I think everybody needs an editor. I don't care who. Yeah, you are. yeah, absolutely. Um, but I will say that I do remember upon my initial read through, and it's been—I will admit—it's been many years. The first three books, when I originally read them, I read them in paperback um, before Kindle existed, um, and so. It's been a while, um, and I do remember there being a significant progression, and I don't recall it being necessarily between book two and three, or as uh, I just felt like as they went, all of them, from book one all the way up till probably book 12, they all felt like they were just an improvement upon the previous book as far as writing style went. I will not say that about book 13, but I... But I, um, I'm not a fan of that book, I guess. But the rest of the books have all felt very good. The pacing's been amazing. He's always improved upon what he was doing previously. He's never, I never felt like um, that he had a major misstep, except for what I call, what I feel like is a misstep. Um, but I do, I, I do kind of feel like there is. I, I'll agree with you that there is. Uh, one of the things I like about the series is that there is an improvement with it as it goes on and continues, but it feels like there's an especially big jump between book two and book three. I don't remember that originally, and I haven't got there back there rereading it. I will say that rereading book one, it's better than I remember it being. And I do remember it being quite good. I felt that same way. I was pretty fond of it the first time I read it, and, and then on the reread I was like, oh yeah, I, re- I remembered that I liked this thing quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, on reread, I was, I was kind of like... I remember it being there was a fairly big transition between, you know, somewhere where he started getting better and better. But so I had that in my mind, having read, having not, having not read this book in a long time. But when I came back to it, I was like, you know what, this is, it isn't as bad as I remember it being. It was never bad, but, but it, it's not the medi- the mediocre to introductory book that I thought it was, although it is. Um, but his, his mediocre introductory book is better than a lot of authors stride book yeah yeah i, I agree 100 percent. it's better than some magnum opuses right uh i think i think, I, the thing yeah, about I, it is that i feel like so i don't know if we said i'm just gonna say it right now the premise of the book is i always say my elevator pitch is harry potter grows up and becomes a, a private eye you know <laughs> whether you like harry potter or not you know but it's a it's a wizard in the modern world working as a, as a private dick and so what i remember from the first time i read it is that it was kind of schlocky, you know, and a little bit nor slash, you know, humorous nor. But either I remembered that wrong or I had forgotten that that was part of what I loved about it. I mean, I, I think I love schlock. 
Um, I, I don't think you're wrong in that it is a little bit, you know, humorous nor and a little schlocky, but I think that it's good. I like I I like that. So that doesn't bother me. So bring it on. Yeah. I don't feel exactly the same way as Josh and Trevor. <laughs> Meaning that don't, you don't feel like it holds up as well, or um, I mean, I think I think it's fine, and but and 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 I do enjoy it, but like if. If this was so, if I were to cut this book off from uh, the rest of the series, and I didn't have kind of the, if this was a standalone novel on its own, um, I would say it's very average. Maybe part of what colors my feelings about the book is that for me, it was it was an introduction to a new world, right? Like a new type of world that I ultimately found to be quite uh, enjoyable. And so on the reread, you know, bringing me back to that world and realizing that I'm again, that, Oh man, I, I really like a lot of what happens in this, uh, in this series. Right. I, that may have colored, colored it for me a little bit too on the reread. I think, I don't know. Maybe I've read an awful lot of really crappy books, but this is not average. <laughs> um, this like his, his world building, his character. I think that should be a back of the book. Uh, a quote. I want to call it a box quote. It's not a box quote. I'm kidding about a lot of crappy books, but this is not average. <laughs> the, the the world building he does, the character introductions he does, the 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 like they all have a lot of depth to them. You all want you, he leaves you wanting more on every single character. Like it just it I don't I don't feel like it's just average. Okay, counterpoint to Trevor to sort of agree with Jay because here's what I'm worried about. How much of this is colored by the fact that you've read the rest of the series, that you kind of know what's coming? Because I'm afraid that's what's happening to me is I'm like, oh, I can't wait until we meet so-and-so, or oh, I can't wait till this plot point, you know, five books into the series or whatever. And so, like, so first thing, you're, at, you're asking me to be objective about my own um, stance. The, as a human, I don't believe I can do that. All right. Okay, but let me just say that I read this one week ago. It has been literally seven days since I started. Um, and I read it in two days, which for me, the, the most listeners don't know this, but for me, that is a, quite an accomplishment. I don't normally sit down and read books in one or two days. I can, I can count the number of books I've done that on, on my fingers, you know, um, and most of them are not very long or in depth. Um, but anyway, I, I did on the reread. I, I can't remember how quickly I read it the first time I read it. Probably pretty quickly as well. But on the reread, I read it in less than 24 hours in two days. The ending of one day and the beginning of the next. And I will say that I knew that this was going to be a topic of a discussion. And I paid particular attention to these things. Not with the idea that it was part of the rest of the series, but as a standalone book. So um, as my in in uh, correct human viewpoint from internal me looking at it, I would say, no, I didn't do that. I looked at it as objectively as I could and tried to look at it just as a world-building, character-building um, book all by yeah. itself. Okay. And I felt like he did a good job of introducing the characters. And the funny thing about, about Jim Butcher is, is it feels like in every single book, he reintroduces you to the character in a way that you could almost pick up any book and just get going. And he does a great job of introducing those characters. I feel like that is true. 
that's just one of his strengths. I'm not. I don't think it's just here. I think it's in all of his books. He does a great job of making like you can. You could step into the middle of the Dresden Files after having left them for years, and he would do a great job of introdu- reintroducing you to all the characters to the point you're like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. Oh yeah, I remember Karen. I remember you know uh, uh, Thomas. I remember these people, and I know who they are, and I don't have to go back and reread these books. I mean, we obviously are because we enjoy them. But I don't think you have to go back and reread them. I honestly, for a lot of these books, you could almost pick them up in the middle and be just fine. Although I think that's a horrible idea, and I don't wouldn't recommend that to anybody. But <laughs> but the point being is, he does a much better job than some of the other authors I read at reintroducing the characters and developing them well in every book. So, I guess here's kind of my biggest issue with uh, this novel. Um, so. For for a long time, I've I've kind of realized or felt like uh, Jim Butcher and or and the Dresden Files and uh, John Scalzi are my two favorite authors. And a biggest the biggest reason why is because I've I've just come to accept that I enjoy um, quick paced. What's up? <laughs> Good authors. I was gonna say if that's the standard, <laughs> then yes, this is just a very below average book. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, so I, I enjoy fast-paced books um, that are interspersed with levity or humor, evidently, um, and, and both those authors do that quite well. Um, the kind of the issue that I have with this book is that I feel like the um, the humor in it doesn't hasn't really aged that well. I don't think it's awful, but there's there's some points where like. Every chapter ends in a one-liner, or uh, like it just feels like some of the comedic beats are um, not as not as strong as um, of his as, as more recent offerings. And so that's one of the things that I, I kind of have a some of, some of the some of the humor aspects of the book are kind of draw me out of the book because it, it felt like they were were not that great. I guess it's another way of saying it. I'm amazed how hard you are on one of your favorite authors. <laughs> I I am interested to have a I think there's a plot point discussion that um I, that I that'll address the the humor thing that you're talking about. But but well, I guess we'll see. I are we're we're probably to the point where we can start talking about spoilers because we need to be getting on to grading after that. Okay, so the humor that you felt like didn't hit like is the the, the one date night portion of the book is that. Uh, a part of the humor that didn't hit for you, or um, I, I so it's been a couple months since I've re- reread it, um, so it wasn't. I, I'm not remembering a specific thing other than uh, particularly there were a few of like the one-liners or jokes at the end of chapters that I was uh, kind of rolling my eyes out. Oh, okay, okay. So it's that you've been like exposed to so many dad jokes in your life at this point that, <laughs> that maybe you just can't handle. And that's why why Josh that, still loves it so much. Yeah, but that probably is a little bit of it. But I'm just yeah, saying, see, like, I, didn't, I didn't. have Jay it. doesn't doesn't handle his puns as well as he used to, which is a totally understandable. <laughs> uh, bring, did you not did you not like Jay. Date Night? No, I I liked it fine, but I wondered if, if I wondered if when you said it didn't age well, I wondered if that was kind of the part you were talking about, you know, because the fact that like you know he accidentally slips this super cute gal a love potion and then. Ends up nude with her under the throes of the love potion. I'm like, that could be sort of troubling, I, I guess. But I don't know if that's what you're talking about. To be fair, 
she accidentally drank the wrong thing, not that he tried to... Well, yeah, I see what you're saying, right. But, I mean, I still... Ultimately, I blame Bob. <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> All right, well, uh, any... Bob's from a different age, Josh. You have to understand. No, brother. <laughs> I, actually, one one question I guess I do have for you guys before... And maybe this will be part of the grading discussion, I don't know. But um, it does actually have a fair bit of mature material in it. It does, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I figured we'd talk about this when we get to the age category, but yeah. Actually, one of the things, the audience, right? yeah, one of the things that I considered, because my wife and I have had this discussion multiple times, and I think I've even asked Josh this on multiple occasions. At what point, at what age do you feel like Dresden Files is appropriate for, um, a person to read, uh, specifically a youth? And, um, you know, I've actually, one of my favorite websites is Common Sense Media, and it's one of those things where you have adult reviews and children reviews on movies and books and other things where they talk about the appropriate age for someone to watch something. And, you know, you get very wide opinions because everybody has a different feeling of what's appropriate for, to introduce a child to and at what, you know, development stage they can be introduced to something. And one of the things that I thought about as I read it one week ago was, is this appropriate for my daughter? Because my daughter will, when she gets to the appropriate age, will gobble this up. Right. She absolutely loves fantasy, urban fantasy. She loves Harry Potter. She can't get enough fantasy. And truthfully, um, like last night, I said, let's watch a movie. And, and she says, and she said, well, why don't you pick? And I said, well, I've seen all these before. Why don't you pick what you're interested in? She says, I don't know. And I said, well, give me an idea. What type of, what genre do you want to watch? Clearly, there was one choice for my daughter. She wanted to watch a fantasy movie. So I'm going racking my brain for things that she has not seen that were even worth watching. We ended up watching Dragon Slayer from the early 80s. Wow. And, and honestly, it's it does not hold up as well. It holds up better than a lot of movies from that time period. Um, but there's a lot about it that doesn't hold up all that well. And um, you know, but I'm just like I'm struggling to give her more. And truthfully, in movies and TV shows, there's not a lot that's appropriate for her age. Yeah. And this is one of those things where I'm like I'm just dying to let her delve into it. But there's a lot of adult themes from murder to torture to to. I mean, just all the stuff that we've talked about already. Basically and, sex cults. Correct. And, and, um, and language. The, the, um, there's plenty of swear words in there too. And, and, you know, clearly it's not as, um, when you read it in your own voice, it's not, doesn't have the same impact as hearing it some, from somebody else, especially if they're screaming it in Walmart or whatever. But the truth is, is that there's a lot of it in there too. So, I mean, there's everything. These books are adult. And it's funny because, I was reading some reviews on common sense media and Reddit and other places. And there was a lot of people who were calling them who, who I don't think had read them recently, who were <laughs> calling them the equivalent of young adult novels. And that blew me away. I would definitely use that term. Yeah, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they definitely are not as bad as like other stuff. I guess. Sure. They're, they are, they are not nearly as bad. I remember, um, my wife decided to re speaking of John Scalzi, um, my wife decided to listen to, um, Old Man's War, um, on Audible. And she was listening to it in the car. And I didn't remember as many yeah. things in it as there are. Yeah. Um, but she was having to, you know, uh, basically, uh, quickly hit pause every time the kids got in the car. Right. 
um, so, you know, sometimes we have um, selective memories when it comes to these sorts of things. So it definitely, you know, I was looking at that as upon rereading. I'm like, no, this is still not appropriate for my 14-year-old yet. All right. Well, let's go ahead and start grading this book. So what's our, our first topic, Josh? Hit us. Design, sir. Let us talk about design. Which I feel like we have a little bit already. I mean, we've talked about the fact that this does feel like um, a book written earlier in an author's career. Um, Jay is, of course, much more critical of it than Trevor and I, who are somehow enlightened on this topic. (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand how I'm going to be the one giving the lower grades this time. (laughs) Oh, Um, oh, hold on now. I don't know that you are. Um, You know, while I say that it's um, well done, that doesn't mean I won't grade it. Oh, a potential, a potential interesting number contest between Jay and Trevor. We shall see. Uh, how low can you? <laughs> uh, one of the things, I, Trevor mentioned this, that, or, that this is like a formulaic um, style of book or series. And the truth is, I feel like that's true. And I, I don't mind that. This is the kind of cookie that I want to eat when I pick this type of book up. Um, so I feel like he does a good job. Following the formula, I found his writing uh, punny. Still, I, I I still enjoyed the plot. I I I agree with Trevor that like this book is a great world build. It's a great intro to a world um, that that you're gonna have a lot of fun with if you're just starting this ride. Like I'm kind of jealous. You know, to your point, Trevor, I I have all of my daughters that are over the age of 16 now. I have recommended this thing to this right. series too, and I'm like I'm How like many- super jazzed to hear them. Well, How many of them have actually none, gone on and read it? None, none yet. Of, really? Yeah, it's, it kind of surprises me a little bit, but th- these children are hard to guide. You know that. I, I can understand that with your older daughters. This doesn't necessarily seem like it's up their alley, but I think eventually... Um, My well, blonde is love it. Like, I think she'll... I think she'll really enjoy it, but isn't isn't she getting close to sixteen? She's got no, she's she's getting close to eighteen, my friend. I am an what? old man. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, anyway, so uh, so having said all that, uh, I I do acknowledge that it has some rough edges, you know, uh, from feeling like a, a early or first time career book. Still, I I still feel like it held up better than I expected it to, though. So for me, it's it's a uh, it's a seven. So I'm going to agree that it has some rough edges, especially if if I read this and this was the only book I read, I would probably say yes, it's got some rough edges and it's good, but it's really good and it's better than all these other books. But I know where he goes from here. Right. Like I know I know how good he gets later on, and that makes the rough edges a little more difficult. Palatable. Well, it makes it a little more difficult to swallow for me to be like, okay, well, Uh-oh. you know, if I'm, if I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm always going to hand this to somebody and say, here's you the, will like the Dresden Files. Here's the first, first book in the series. FYI, they get better. I'm always going to say that to somebody. And okay. they, may, they may absolutely love it, but I'm going to give them a preface. Please don't stop here because it gets better. You know, I don't want whatever they experience. I don't want them to stop. I want them to move on because this is not, you know, this isn't going to be the pinnacle of what they're reading in the series by any means. Um, so I, I'm going to agree that it's that it's good. I'm not going to quite, quite agree with your grade. I'm going to give it a six on the scale of five being the average book you put, put, put off off the shelf. I think this is better than that. All right, Jay, defend your hateful number now. 
I mean, I, I think that a six is average, so. It's <laughs> 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 um, not a five, it's supposed to be average, whatever. Jay, not... divide ten by two, what do you get? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when we created, well, these many years ago, the chain attack rating system, we said, like, okay, one, two, bad, three, four, below average, five, six, average, etc. And so, yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you. Sure. <laughs> <sighs> so, That's so what is your number, Jay? Um, it probably is a six. Interesting. Okay. I, I mean, I can't like fault you for that. I would have made you defend anything under a five. Oh no, I wouldn't. Uh, there, there was some consideration of a five. There, there was certainly no consideration of lower than that. Okay. Uh, time management. In, in my opinion, uh, all of the Dresden Files books score well on this, uh, even this first one. Yeah, I, I agree with that, honestly, wholeheartedly, because uh, I blitzed through this in a day, and and again, for me, rereading books is is strange. It's not a common activity, uh, but, man, I just I just love how fast you can tear through them. So, I mean, I, I would honestly give this thing, I think I'll give it a 9, because I... I can't, I can't, I don't feel like I can defend a 10. <laughs> I'm a coward. Um, so the pacing in this book and the pacing in all of his books, um, I feel like I have to keep making excuses for 13, but, um, I feel like in almost all of his books, the pacing is really well done. Like you're, you finish a chapter and you're like, gosh dang it, now I gotta read another one because, it just feels like the action is moving along and you need to know what's happening next. Yeah, 100%. And and he does that that is one of his strengths as a writer and it's it's throughout all of the series. Um and I think that it it shows here as well and and I don't care if it wasn't edited by a professional editor. This is good and the pacing is good. This is one of its strengths and one of the reasons why even on a reread I felt good about it. I I can I can forgive bad puns or formulaic books or um you know any number of sins by a writer if it keeps me engaged through the whole thing and this book does so um i'm i the only reason i won't give it a 10 and i'm going to defend this not because i feel like it probably deserves a 10 i'm going to defend it in saying that some of the later books in the series are what are going to get a 10 yeah, because, that's because, a good defense. Yeah, because their 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 pacing is even better, and this one does a great job. I mean, better than I've read a lot of books where the authors just that is not on their mind. They never seem to care about the pacing, and it seems paramount in his mind. At least, at least what that's what portrayed on the page. Uh, like I said, I I think this does well. I'll I'll agree with the nine. So next we have repeatability. Uh, okay, so. This is going to shock, I think, my co-hosts. It's shocking me a little bit, but this is a 10 for me on repeatability. I just reread this probably two weeks ago, and if you at, if you said, hey, Josh, do you want to reread that again? I probably would be willing to. So it's going to be one of the... It's one of the few books I can think of that I feel that way about. Like, And it's partly because it paces so well, because you know I can get through it so quick. And I just think it's a fun world, fun characters, you know? Probably the only reason I would... Well, so it's kind of like Trevor's always saying, there are other books in the series I would probably rather read more or, or reread more, but only because there are some other characters in those 
parts of the series that I love even more. But uh, you know, this thing's got Karen Murphy in it, so it's not like it's not like we're far from my favorites. <laughs> is, is she your favorite character? She's not my favorite, no. Oh, I, I, I assume it has to be Michael. Michael. That's correct. Yeah, I mean, I I relate the most to him, but I would say Karen is probably a strong second. Jay, I, I've got to know who your favorite character is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming it's Thomas. Um, it's okay. He is one of my favorite characters. I'm not sure if he's my very most favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll think about it, and at the end of the show, I'll get back to you. Okay. okay. Fair mm-hmm. enough. All right, Trevor, what's your repeatability score? Um, so I'm more likely to reread something than, than Josh is, um, but truthfully, I have a stack that's very deep, so the fact that I've even reread it at all is... is tells you, Yeah, it tells you something. Um, the, I mean, the number of books that I've actually reread is pretty small. Unlike my movie um, indulgence, where I re- rewatch everything, I do not reread things very often. Um, there are a few things that I've reread, you know, three or four times. Stuff like uh, the Dark Phoenix Saga, you know, I've, I've reread those comics numerous times. Um, but this one, on a reread, got me to read it in two days. That's a, that's exceptional. So it has a pretty high rereadable re readability score um i honestly i could i'm in the same boat as josh but the honestly the reason why i would reread it is to get to the next book in the series because (laughs) i feel like the first 12 books tell an amazing arc and like book 12 is is like a pinnacle to me it's one of my favorite books in the series and i would i would gladly reread just to get back to that book again and have all the same setup so to me this is just a stepping stone to get to bigger and better things um, but I, I'm going to say this is probably an eight or a nine. Okay, I'll go with an eight. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you're not going to say anything. It's just oh yeah, eight. <laughs> I, it's it's manifestly obvious that that's the correct response. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm curious to know, like what 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 is the book that's more repeatable for you, Jay? Uh, probably the most repeatable book for me is Ender's Game. Okay, interesting. Uh, I would probably agree with that. I've probably read Ender's Game more than most books I can think of. And, and um, I don't even label it as one of my favorite books like Jay does. Sure, yeah. Um, I, I will say that part of the reason why this gets a bump up uh, from me in repeatability is because it is the start of the series. And yeah, okay. So if you're... like I, I have reread this series multiple times at this point. And so... Uh, I I would guess I've read Stormfront probably four or five times. I am like so impressed by that. <laughs> uh, fun. Uh, this one's tough because oh. now go ahead, yeah, take I, it I away. Go first. Uh, so as I guess this is where I need to confess that for as much as I um have been maybe a little bit negative about this book, it's part of it is I'm kind of also grading on the world's steepest curve. The curve of in relation to the other Dresden Files books, um, like it is, I so I guess there's that going on. There's also I'm trying to think about like what would I think of it on its own, but it is still like the the type of book that I enjoy reading that is fun, that is fast, etc. And so it does still accomplish that. Um, and I'm 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 gonna say an eight. All right, you convinced me. I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a nine because 
I th- this <laughs> thing, here's the thing. The series and this book, just like you said, it start, it's the start of it, but this, I am real, I realized on my reread, cause it's really been probably, I bet it's been six or seven years since I read the, read it the first time. Um, it's probably been longer than that, I would guess, John. Yeah, probably so, cause I'm an old man, dang it. Um, but I, it, like, it accomplishes escapism for me better than many other things have in recent and ancient history, frankly. So, so I'm, I'm given to the nine. Um, I think that, let, let me preface what I'm about to say by, by making it clear that I don't like urban fantasy. Okay. When Jay first, I believe it was Jay, when Jay first handed me this book and said, you should read this, I said, it does not sound like it's my type of thing. I'm not a huge fantasy fan. I'm certainly not a modern fantasy fan. Um, I don't like Nor. I, I'm not really, I mean, these are things that I, that I do, uh, you know, enjoy a little bit, but they are not, they're not, when I, when you talk about the genres and the things that I like the most, these are not even in the realm. Okay. As a book series, this is probably maybe slightly behind the Ender's Game series. This is, this is my, my favorite book series and maybe even higher than the Ender's Game series. This is probably my favorite book series. So it has overcome my dislike of Noor, my dislike of urban fantasy, and it has taken the top rung in spite of those things. Uh, so the rest of the series obviously gets to the nines and tens. This is an eight. It is super fun. I love this book. If, if, you, if you're listening to us and you're either agreeing or haven't, you should reread it. And if you've never read this, you should be reading it. You should just stop listening to us. Mm-hmm. And go, li- go listen to Jim Butcher for a while. You're wasting your time with us. He's better. <laughs> Trevor gives fantastic life advice. All right, so overall. Philip, uh, whatever, I'm giving it a nine. I'm going to freak you out. <laughs> Here's the problem. I don't want to ever come back and grade the other books in the series because I'll have to, like, bust the scale. <laughs> because I, Trevor's right. Like, every book in the series gets better. I, I don't remember. Book 13 is Ghost Story, right, Trevor? Yeah. I, and that's I, the only one that you feel like is a, is a bit of a miss or whatever. But I'm like... Yeah, I didn't like Ghost Story. But the funny thing is, is whether it's a miss or not, I, it, he has to reset the pace at some point. And I believe that Book 13 is the resetting of the pace. Because you cannot keep the same elevation throughout the entire series and never have a reset of any kind. It just doesn't... It's not, a, it's not sustainable. Right. And I feel like... 13 is that required reset of the of the whole thing and and, you know without spoiling that book at all in any way i just i just you know it it felt like to me a bit of a let's draw this back in and kind of start on a new path which it does and it does it well um and 14 again goes right back into these are great books again and i just and i love the books after it as well i just i don't yeah so that's my defense of not liking book 13 i let me rephrase. Not liking it as much as the rest of the series. Right, yeah. Uh, all right, so yes, nine was my answer. What, what was yours, Trevor? I don't think it's that good. Uh, I'm going to go with a seven. I think that it's 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 got some first book flaws, and I think it's fantastic, and I would recommend it to anybody, and I have multiple people. Uh, one of my friends, I turned him into a massive Dresden fan. Uh, <laughs> I, in fact, the first three books that I had uh, in paperback, when I bought my first Kindle, I turned to him and I knew he read a lot and and it actually surprised me a little bit that he'd never heard of them because they are right up his alley. Um, and I, I said, 
you know what? I'm going to give you a gift. I, these, these are my old Dresden Files books. I'm, I'm getting them in digital format. And I handed him the first three. And he was a bit short on money at the time, and I knew it because they were going through some, some medical problems. And I said, here, these books are for you. I know you will love them. And they um, read through those in like, I don't know, maybe he's a really fast reader, a voracious reader. It's I think like he read an them. hour, basically. He read all three of them in probably three or four days, yeah. Um, and I, I, we went out and bought him some more because I knew they were <laughs> the money That's at awesome. the time. So I, I bought him, I think, four, five, and six. And I don't remember where the series was at that time, but I know that he ended up buying all of them. So, um, yeah, I, I just, it's, it's one of those books where I, if somebody's like, I'm looking for a new book, and I'm saying, have you, that'll be the first thing out of my mouth every time. Have you read the Dresden? Have you read the Dresden Files? Yes. <laughs> you screwed it up, Jay. That's what I was saying when it cut off. <laughs> 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 in case you haven't guessed uh the power went out in idaho and uh we're continuing our record <laughs> <laughs> we're the worst we have the worst editing ever <laughs> it's raw man it's very raw <laughs> uh so I, I believe i still need to give yes we need your overall jay um i'll go with a seven so reasonable yeah, I don't know. It feels like after all the setup I gave, I should probably give a six, but, but it's completely on brand for me to give a seven, so whatever. <laughs> all right, let's talk about audience, but we kind of did already. I mean, I, I think Trevor and I probably both feel like this is not young adult, or, or if it is, it should fall on the upper end of young adult. It always surprises me what other people think qualifies as young adult. I don't know why, but there's there's times where I see people, you know, recommend books that I clearly feel like are, you know, adult novels and not necessarily by theme, but just by that they are, you know, they were written by adults for adults and they're an adult book, but they that doesn't mean you can't read it at the age of 10. It just means that the intended audience is everybody. You know, not not young adult directly, but I see people recommending books all the time and saying, oh, well, this is a young adult book. And it's kind of funny because in the Penguin translation of uh, The Count of Monte Cristo, um, at the very front, it introduces it and, and, rec and mentions that The Count of Monte Cristo was considered a young adult book for many, many years. And I don't even remotely consider it a young adult book but whatever so anyway i these are definitely not young adult they're meant for the masses i guess one of my questions with it, josh was like did do like what do do you ever do, does this series ever like cross the line to where you're like getting uncomfortable reading it uh, he's gone <laughs> apparently <laughs> apparently the power went out on his side of town again uh i i will answer for him i don't believe it ever did and I, I agree that it probably never does. There's a few times where where you can self-censor. Uh, you know, you, you're reading this book, and there's nothing in the book that's going to be graphic in nature of the words that are being said. The way it's portrayed in your imagination could be graphic sure. if you wanted it to be. But the, this book never crosses that line of making um, that It doesn't give, step. like, explicit descriptions. Correct, and I've I have read books that do, and, right, and yeah. 
but this this series never seems to do that. It, while it describes um, things or events that are um, potentially graphic in nature, it does it a lot like um, some other books does in that it does it. I, I don't want to use the word tastefully because that's probably not appropriate, um, but it does it in a way that you can interpret it to be PG-13 in your mind or worse in your mind, however you wish it to be. Um, I, Josh has returned to us, returned to the fold. Um, I so, don't dare talk because I'm pretty sure my sound is totally hosed up now. Uh, no, you seem okay. All right. Um, so I, I asked, I directed a question to you, Josh, that Trevor kind of answered already, but I'm, I'm curious on your opinion. Um, did it, did, did this line ever cross into things that were making you feel uncomfortable as an audience? Oh, the entire series? Uh, either this book or the series, yeah. Okay, so th- this book, I would say, walked, it got within sight of the edge for me. Sure, the yeah. series, uh, there's a book or two, basically there's some plots with the white vampires that uh, honestly was, I was in an uncomfortable spot. Yeah, I'm like one of, a dark one of the... and jaded older man, and I think I would probably not even bat an eye now. I've read too much Joe Abercrombie at this point, and so like there is basically one of the the novels where uh, Harry's working undercover on a porn set. Yeah, it's number three, <laughs> I think, right? No, uh, no, no, it's like four or five, I think. Okay, four or six probably, but yeah. but yeah, I think that's the one I'm thinking of that I'm like. And as a matter of fact, honestly, that's probably the book that I most think of when I'm like, I should probably not recommend this to my daughters right away. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, I every time I think that, it, my my daughter always loves to um, remind me of how harsh her own school is. So anytime I'm thinking like, well, you know, I don't want to recommend this to my daughter, or maybe this is going a little bit too far, I sometimes forget that what it was like in junior high. Yeah, yeah. You know, where where the things being said and talked about on a daily basis in class are um, far more explicit than what I'm worried about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so no or no go. Oh, it's a go. It's a total go for me. Yeah. I think the whole series is a go. Um, this is obviously we we chose this book and this series to talk about because it is one of our strongest recommendations, and and obviously we have new fans that we'd love to hear from, um, but we have a lot of old fans and we've talked about it before on the show, so the old fans have heard this before. But if you haven't read this, why not? What's your excuse? Yeah, it you does. are missing out. I, I will give a caveat that I there are. I do have some of my friends who try reading this, and they're just like, "This, this is not good. I don't understand why everyone loves it." And so, <laughs> oh, so that does have exist. A J with Avatar, really. weird. <laughs> Even more strongly, I would say. But, <laughs> uh, like Nigel, I mean, I, Nigel's one of those people. He he I doesn't understand why people like. I somebody bouncing off this series, but yeah, know, I, I yeah, I am I, definitely not that person. For the life of me, if you're a nerd, I can't understand it. I can't understand <laughs> those people. I I can understand the average Joe walking in and sure, being like, yeah. "Why in the hell would I read this?" Right. Um, but but the average nerd, I, this just seems like all of our, you know, what we it want does to be reached. Check a lot of the boxes. Okay, well, stay tuned for our bonus episode and support us on Patreon so you can hear it. And we're going to talk about the Dresden Files 
RPG. And so uh, I'm I'm pretty excited to talk about that. We've we've had some fun times playing that, although it's been a little while since we played. So it should be good fun.